0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto Experts. To the end zone. It's Oh my goodness!
2: The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Yes! It's for a
0: touchdown! You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it.
2: Back here on the Roto Experts in the Morning On the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Scott Engel and Joe Galina And my favorite producer of all time Sean Engel Doing a nice job as always we going to talk a lot of fantasy football these next two hours. We'll get into the Alliance of American Football uh, a little bit later because uh, I think uh, the, the anagram should not be uh, AAF, it should be WOT because it's a waste of time for all of you excited about it. I don't know what you're excited about, but I guess everybody has different tastes. But I uh, want to talk about real football. The NFL is really the only league that matters, and there's a lot going on. We'll talk a little bit NFL draft and some free agency uh, coming up with uh, Davis Maddock in uh, just about 20 minutes. But uh, you know, lots of things to bounce around uh, with free agency and the draft coming up very, very quickly. Uh, we actually saw a, a story on ESPN over the weekend which uh, it got picked up by Roto World. Uh, it it was it was basically a piece with bold predictions for all 32 NFL teams. And the Baltimore Ravens beat writer said Mark Ingram to the uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. And then uh, Roto World reported his possible landing spot for Mark Ingram is Baltimore. Well, uh, I've been talking about Ingram for weeks. Uh, on the Roto Experts in the morning and mentioning other some possible landing spots. Everybody's talking about on Bell, but for those teams that don't get Bell, Ingram could be the next biggest prize out there, Joe. This is a guy that the Saints are hoping that ret- they retain him. Alvin Kamara is saying, you yeah, I want to see him back with the Saints. Uh, uh, Nate Burleson was saying on Twitter that uh, you have to have Mark Ingram back, he's uh, basically the yin to to, to uh, Alvin Kamara's yang. And it, it's really a nice luxury for the Saints to continue to have. But why wouldn't Mark Ingram go seek a starting job somewhere else? You know, this is a guy that we've seen. He's gotten the job done when he's gotten chances. I think he's a better pass catcher uh, than we've seen because Kamara gets all, all – all the opportunities, and uh, I, I think it's something for, for us to consider. 844 uh, 843 if you've got any fantasy baseball or football questions, we'll get to the phone lines in just a minute. Uh, but Mark Ingram in Baltimore, the, the Ravens u- used uh, Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon down the stretch. Edwards was a really nice surprise. Uh, Dixon put the ball on the ground a little too, too much. Uh, I like Edwards if he gets a chance to start again. Next year doesn't get a lot, catch a lot of passes. It could be the two of them next year, but I don't, I don't know really. Anything could happen in that backfield. Uh, Mark Ingram though would would be a really nice compliment to Lamar Jackson in that backfield. A, a a power runner who could probably run the RPO pretty well with Lamar Jackson. And if he gets to, to carry the ball a lot and uh, touch the ball a lot, in, on a team like Baltimore, you know, you're looking at a guy who could be a high end RB two possibly.
3: Yeah, uh, you brought up some real good points. I mean, uh, Gus Edwards uh, did a good job uh, late in the season uh, as the uh, number one running back. But basically, kind of like a one-trick pony, he doesn't catch uh, passes out of the backfield. Uh, You know, you mentioned Dixon uh, better at catching the ball out of the backfield, and you know he started to, as he got healthier, uh, taking uh, playing a lot of snaps as the season went on. Uh, But you know, you've heard different things about Ingram, and you mentioned that uh, that. Saints were hoping that maybe he would, you know, take a, a smaller uh, contract in order to stay on, and he, maybe he led them to believe that. But you know, in the past, you know, the the the, the joke was uh, Sean Payton. Why does Sean Payton, <laughs> you know, hate Mark Ingram? But but uh, you bring up a, a good point that uh, he and Kamara uh, a good one-two punch. Uh, so uh, I mean, it, to me, uh, if I'm the Saints, I want him to stay. Uh, and uh, but I think that. On his own, you know, he could uh, be the uh, the lead back uh, of, of a backfield. Uh, it just you wonder for how long. I mean, uh, he's had uh, what the most carries he's ever had was in 2017, uh, had 230. But uh, definitely a talented uh, running back.
2: Why would you Who, wonder for how long if the guy doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires, he have been
3: playing part-time? 29 years old. I mean, to me, I mean, look, the guy, yeah, he's still got still got some left. But, you know, once you you know... Hitting up the the upper twenties and the early thirties as a running back, that does concern me a little bit.
2: I, I don't I don't believe in that. It's it's not about the age. It's about how many carries you really have. You mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. be twenty nine years old and not have a lot of tread on your tires. We've seen it with guys like even your guy Tiki Barber. Uh, your oh, yeah. Tiki Barber late in his career he was a part time back. Then he played till age thirty three full time. Clinton Portis got worn down before age thirty. So for for me, uh, I, I don't I don't think automatic clock hits no, there's when, no switch. Uh, when you're, you're age right. 30. There's a switch that goes off. You know, this, this guy is what it's, he's, he has, like you said, he hasn't carried a lot in his career.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no uh, you're right, there is no automatic switch, but uh, history has shown that, you know, uh, <laughs> running backs into their upper 20s, early 30s, I mean, you, you brought up some good points, you know, Portis and, and uh, Tiki, uh, but, you know, I guess in the right uh, situation, right scheme, you know. Uh, But still, I I think I'd rather have a a younger running back. You can't argue with that. Uh, But you're right. Uh, In terms of carries, you know, he has uh, been limited. So he still has some life left. But it's just something to take note of.
2: Yeah, I, I I really don't put a lot of stock in that. Uh, look, at it, look at the amount of like, carries he's had in his career. I would think he could get another good two, three years out of him. Uh, let's go to the phone line, 844-843-6879. Good morning. Welcome to the Roto Experts in the morning. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is uh, uh, Jason from Wisconsin, Mr. Engel, Miss Marina. Hey, Jason, how are you, buddy? Is my connection all right, I hope? Yes, you're coming in loud and clear, yes. Okay, thank you, sir. Yeah, I was speaking uh,
0: uh, on, a, on another show. Uh, I got two points, but the first one, talking about uh, major league catchers, and I heard a few years back that and it makes sense that with the, uh, the, the the kids and the millennials, so to speak, and, uh, and, and the culture change, uh, kids playing less sports and not playing as much, you know, for God's sake, they got to have the NFL play 60 to get kids to play outside. It's kind of sad. And, uh, and obesity being an epidemic and all that stuff over the last several years. Well, taking a catcher is a very difficult position and it's hard enough to find uh, college catchers, single way, even a good high school catcher. It's very difficult for them to progress and move forward because, and it's going to get even worse now in the next several years because uh, of, of the kids, I believe because of, of the kids, the culture of them playing video games and not wanting to play. And if they do play baseball, which unfortunately a lot of kids find boring these days, which is sad because I love baseball. Um, one of the last positions they're going to want to play is catcher, in a, you know, in the summer heat, squatting and, and having to move around a lot and, and all that stuff. I was just wondering what your what your feeling on that was, you know?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think I kind of agree with where you're coming from. It's just uh, baseball is not the game it was when people in the 70s and the 80s were growing up where it really was the national pastime. I don't I don't think it's a national pastime anymore. Now, you know, my son, who's the producer here, he's he's a baseball fan. Uh, he played a little bit of baseball growing up himself. Uh, but, you know, like you said, you know, they're all good points, Joseph. It's, uh, you know, catcher's a tough position. Uh, you can even see it in the majors. You know a lot of wear and tear on guys, and uh, really affects them throughout their career with the knees and uh, and things like that. And then it kind of translates to what what to, what we see in fantasy baseball, where the position is really worn down more than ever. Now, look, you look back to when Mike Piazza and Ivan Rodriguez were clearly uh, you know the, the cream of the position. Uh, in the, the position's always been thin in fantasy baseball and <laughs> baseball, but I kind of agree with you. It's thinner. It's it's, it's a different world. When you grew up in the 70s and the 80s, you know, you went out to play after dinner. You know, now in, now you go on Xbox Live after dinner. So uh, I think it's a different world. Look, people are always going uh, to there's, there's always going to be certainly enough guys out there to play catcher, but just to, I think it also speaks to fantasy baseball if you're playing I think there's a lot of, a lot of reason why people want to sort of outlaw the two catcher leagues because of the position is so thin. What was your other point
0: well, I, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Gabe Barrensi and uh, Joe Ranieri. Uh, uh I listen to those guys. I listen to you guys all day in my headphones at work and such. And I, I call you. in quite often, as you know, uh, Mr. Engel. And um, yes, yeah, I, I tell you what, I've been a been a radio. I dabble a little bit years ago, been a radio my whole life since after high school, 1990 or so. And um, just you know, call-ins and so on and sports talk, comedy radio. And uh, I tell you what, man, you guys, you guys are doing it right. And uh, and you know it's you guys are really doing it right as far as I hope you guys keep everything going and ever in charge there, um, you know you guys keep everything going the way you got it going. You know shuffling things up a little bit and your your content's just amazing.
2: All right, thanks a lot, Joseph. We appreciate the call and appreciate Jason, the loyalty. Jason, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jason. Okay. I'm terrible on that's names, but I still won't forget you. I'm so bad that's okay, on thank names. You, Carl. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm so bad okay. on names, so I, I, I just do what Ralph Kiner, like, I always used to hear, Ralph Kiner used to forget everybody's name, so he always just say, there he is, whatever he saw somebody, but, you know, I'll, I'll, even if I call him John next time, I'll remember his voice and what he talked about. Hey. Do, you, do, you, do, you, do you agree, Joe, Joe, thanks a lot for the call. Joe, uh, do you agree with a lot of his points?
3: Yeah, and, you know, in coaching my son in, in Little League, uh, you know, the, the everyone wanted a pitch, right? Uh, you know, because that's like the hot... Uh, oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're on the mound and you, you want to throw the ball hard or whatever, but the best uh, Little League teams always had the best catchers you know it's an unheralded position you know and uh, the, such such an important and integral part uh, not only uh, from uh, you know offense wise but the defense and and running the team and, and 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 you know communicating with the pitcher you know that's why i mentioned before about you know watching gary sanchez play every day and just how how poorly he you know, he's has played the the defensive part of that position, and so uh, yeah. I mean, uh, look, you know, it is a different world, and you brought it up, and, and in terms of, you know, is baseball, you know, the, the, the national pastime anymore? And and uh, Jason brought up the fact that so many kids, uh, you know, playing video games these days and not moving. You know, so uh, the catcher uh, position, uh, definitely uh, an unheralded position.
2: Yeah, it's uh it's a changed world to the point where uh where esports players are considered athletes know.
3: Yeah, hundreds of thousands of people will sit in front of uh the TV and watch other people play video games, uh, you know, to each their own. Uh, you know, entertainment is subjective, right? But uh it's it, it shows just how where our society is going these days. It,
2: if I could give you free front row tickets for something, would you take an AAF game or uh, an esports event?
3: I would take the AAF game. I'd, I'd rather see live, uh, you know, uh, action, you know, and in watching. Oh, you'd rather watch that.
2: Christian Hackenberg? Uh, <laughs> than, uh, I want to see Trent Richardson
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> coming to his own.
2: What if Richardson <laughs> ain't playing? What well, do you got to watch, Christian Hackenberg?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'll tell you, you know. We have a, a high school uh, a few blocks away from me. And then, you know, let's say uh, on a Friday night, if we're not doing anything or, you know, I might just head over to the and, and watch uh, watch the game. I, I love watching live sports. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I only watched uh, about, you know, the last five minutes of, of one of the games last night uh, in the AAF. Uh, but I'd still would rather watch live competitors than watch someone play a, a, a video game. I'm sorry.
2: All right. Well, it's a different world uh, nowadays. Uh, But if you want some great eSports content, check out PWN.GG. That's PWN.GG. But uh, I'm not an Overwatch player. You know, Sean plays some Overwatch. and uh, I always told my son could be an eSports player, but I don't think he likes playing on that level. Uh, It's just highly competitive. Maybe it takes the fun out of it for him. But uh, you know, getting back to Mark Ingram here, though, it's uh, that was the first that I've really seen mention of the Ravens. Uh, I thought it could be a nice consolation prize for the Jets if they don't uh, go after Le'Veon Bell like we thought. Uh, Tampa Bay is maybe another team that could use him. Philadelphia, you know, we keep hearing about on Bell, and I even met Mark Ingram in Philadelphia, but maybe that's a team that maybe wants to go to uh, continue with a committee or maybe go to a timeshare there. Uh, but, look, Ingram, could, I think he could start for a few teams out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think the Jets, Tampa Bay, and Philadelphia are three other good landing spots. Uh, Whoever doesn't get Le'Veon Bell, I think it could be a nice consolation prize. In that same ESPN article, though, uh, one of the bold predictions was that the Jets were not going to go after Le'Veon Bell and that they would use a combination of Tevin Coleman and Elijah McGuire instead.
3: Yeah, uh, Tevin Coleman, uh, another free agent. Um, you know, We've mentioned in the past uh, Mike Davis is out there. Uh, Latavius Murray is out there. Uh, he uh, he wants to be a starter, and he's been effective when he's had to, to fill in with the Vikings. And don't forget, I mean, uh, C.J. Anderson's going to be out there as well. So uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see. I mean, there's some other teams there that uh, could use a little boost at uh, running back as well. We talked in the past about the Texans, and, and what about the Bills? I mean, uh, maybe it might be time for them to move on uh, from uh, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the
2: Texans are a very interesting landing spot. That's same ESPN article, uh, bold prediction, off-season predictions for all 32 NFL teams, and Le'Veon Bell going to Houston, and to me, that's the one I haven't heard enough about, because I think Le'Veon Bell wants to go into a situation where he can win Uh, if, uh, like I said all week on the Roto Experts Morning podcast, if he goes to the Jets and he upturned that team around to being a top contender, he could end up being an iconic figure in New York. But if he wants to, uh, wants to win right away, uh, Houston might be a better spot, Joe.
3: Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you're hearing different things. I mean, uh, some people think of Le'Veon Bell as a selfish guy who's just going to go anywhere where he gets the biggest uh, contract. But, uh, you know, uh, winning, uh, you, you wonder if winning is uh, going to play a part as to where he decides to finally sign. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll see. It's going to play right, out. We'll
2: talk good, some uh, more at free agency and NFL draft coming up next with uh, Davis Maddock of rotoexperts.com. You can check out all Davis's uh, latest work on rotoexperts.com now as we have got NFL 365 days a year. All right. What will the Giants do with the NFL draft? We'll talk about that next. Little Hootie and the Blowfish. Doesn't make me think of football. I mean, baseball makes me think of football, but uh, it's got a happy-go-lucky joke.
3: Yeah. puts you in a good mood.
2: Yeah. They reunited recently. They toured again. You going to go check them out? In no, because tickets uh, kit- are so damn expensive. And you'd rather see
3: Kiss, too, I know.
2: Yeah. Uh, sounds sounded like a get-off-my-lawn kind of moment, but I'd like to see Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, but uh, tickets are, like, over $200, et cetera.
3: You're kidding me. Uh, I don't, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was looking think at the Madison the,
2: Square Garden show.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I would think that they'd probably be playing, like, state fairs this summer. I, I'm surprised that they would be playing the Garden.
2: I think they're pretty popular. They did a very yeah. popular run the first time around, and I yeah, don't think Darius Rucker's been around, been with them for a while.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I'm still surprised.
2: Yeah, well. You know, I mean, I spent almost two hundred dollars on my kiss ticket for the National Coliseum, and uh, and they also uh, have two more shows coming in the area, so I need the money for that. But concert tickets are so damn expensive uh, nowadays. But we did get tickets for a Broadway play. We're going to go see the uh, the Temptations musical. I ain't too
3: proud. I'm looking nice, forward to that. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I bought my wife tickets to see uh, the Share Broadway show, so that should be interesting. Oh, Okay. Uh, yeah, but you know they had a, You got to buy them when they have their two for one deal. So that's how I got them. So you're right, man. Tickets can be real expensive, especially Broadway. Yeah, they can. Yes,
2: <laughs> nowadays uh, you can even catch a Broadway show sometimes on television. Uh, and and uh, you know you save a lot of money there, so like you mm-hmm. like just get off my lawn kind of thing. All right, let's uh, go back to we were talking about running backs. Though it's like I was mentioning, you know, Mark Ingram being out there in free agency. Uh, if he, he he was to leave New Orleans, though, that could really pump up the, the potential value of uh, Alvin Kamara for next season because we saw how well he played in the first games without Mark Ingram. Kamara obviously showed that he can make. The most of every touch, but for him to get a heavier workload there, do you think that uh, maybe he can crack into the top three overall by Ezekiel Elliott, Barkley, uh, and and uh, Gurley are the, really the top three. Then you know who's the big fourth guy out there right now? I'd have to think Christian McCaffrey, but where would you put Alvin Kamara in, in your ranks, or you know, in terms of we expect him to go in in ADP? If he ends up, in, if uh, Ingram ends up leaving,
3: oh, I, I, he would be right uh, there with the uh, the top four or five that you just mentioned. I think uh, you know he was already a first rounder, but uh, with him, I mean, he showed already, like you mentioned, with Ingram out uh, those first few weeks due to his suspension, that he could handle uh, number one duties, and uh, I think. Uh, You know, he could be easily a top five back right after. I still, I think it would take McCaffrey, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, uh, But it will be close. It will be close.
2: Well, we heard about Cam Newton when you talk about the Carolina Panthers, and... He said in, in his video blog series that it wasn't as bad as he first thought, and he's not going to need a second procedure. They had an arthroscopic procedure basically to clean out some scar tissue, uh, according to head coach Rod Rivera. Rivera said that he was uh, relieved here. It wasn't as bad as he first thought, and that he should be ready for training camp here. Uh Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do with McCaffrey, though. Do they they pick up a better backup running back uh, for him? I've seen T.J. Yeldon mention somebody, maybe the type that they would go out and pick up because they want to have a better backup running back. And maybe they don't want McCaffrey to be overworked. It's going to be an interesting offseason for the Panthers because you're going to have the health of Cam Newton, which is a big topic, but also... Uh, McCaffrey as well. Do they really want him to carry the ball as many times? Do they want to pick up a better backup in free agency or maybe even the draft so McCaffrey doesn't get overworked? Now, obviously, that was an outstanding workload, especially for fantasy purposes. But would the Panthers be concerned about him getting injured, getting overworked, etc., if he continues to have that type of workload next year? So maybe they pick up a running back in free agency that can kind of, you know, maybe uh, have five to seven carries more game, give this guy more of a breather. I think that would worry fantasy players a little bit more, but then the flip side of it is maybe he's less rich for injury or for wearing down.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to mention age again. Still just 22, but you're right. Uh, You know, ahead of the 2018 season, the Panthers had said that uh, McCaffrey was going to, Carry a huge load and uh, the season, and he did. Uh, but you do have to be concerned, uh, you know, even though he is a young guy, uh, it would, and with the volatility of the position in terms of, uh, you know, running backs. Uh, you know, getting hurt. Uh, I mean, there's some guys out there that we mentioned just before, you know, like a, a, a Mike Davis. I think Mike Davis is a real interesting guy. You know, every time he was called upon to, to carry the ball for the Seahawks, uh, did a good job. And uh, you, you mentioned even a, a Tevin Coleman, uh, a Jay Ajayi. A Jay Ajayi is another interesting guy because, you know, with his injury history, you know, he might be a guy that you might not want to uh, – use him as your bell cow back but uh you know as a as a kind of a compliment to McCaffrey he might be a good fit for the Panthers
2: I don't think Ajayi is going to go to the Panthers uh I think the Panthers are looking at somebody who could be more of a backup more than anything and take like four to seven carries a game I think Jay Ajayi could compete for a starting job somewhere else
3: he might, but uh, you know he's got that uh, chronic uh, knee issue that I think that uh, might concern uh, some of uh, the teams that might be looking to to, to sign him.
2: Right, uh, which is know. why I say he can compete for a starting job. If you do a Jay Ajayi was healthy, fully healthy. We so we've seen what he could do for Miami mm-hmm. in the past. Now, obviously, in, he's not. He, he, mm-hmm. he's not. I, I think he's a guy who could be part of a timeshare, could compete for a starting job, but to knock him back to like a five or seven carry kind of guy, I think that's mm-hmm. a bit
3: much. Are you talking maybe more a Frank Gore kind of guy? Because Frank Gore's going to be a free agent. I mean, yeah, well, fairly, f- fairly effective, uh, you know. When I'm talking, I'm talking
2: more. I'm talking more like say a TJ Yeldon, where, mm-hmm. where a guy who you know, if if McCaffrey were to get injured, he could start. But somebody that you don't expect to have a ton of touches per game either
3: is Adrian Peterson ready to take that kind of a role? You think?
2: Uh, He's be for me, go the guy just rushed for a thousand yards, so I don't think so. Mm. No. I mean, I'm talking back. I'm talking backup running backs. You know, all they had was was Cameron Artis Payne when they made mm-hmm. the mistake of uh, of of cutting. Uh, CJ Anderson, you know, there. Mm-hmm. When, when you look out there, who's available? You know, maybe they they bring in an Alfred Blue or an Alfred Morris mm-hmm. or, right. uh, you know, somebody like that. Uh, Yell yelled it a little, little bit more up there. You know, maybe maybe they bring in a Spencer Ware, although Ware maybe thinking that he could compete for a starting job somewhere. Uh, but those are the type of guys I'm talking. Uh, you know, Jay Ajayi's not the the biggest name free agent out there, but I don't think he's he's been reduced to a backup type.
3: Yeah, okay. I mean, so you're talking basically uh, a player that maybe might not be looked at as uh, kind of fantasy relevant. Maybe a, a more of a. Would you consider him? A, are you looking at a guy that uh, would be a handcuff? Or we talk, talk exactly anything, a, you know, a, guy okay. gonna,
2: mm-hmm. a guy who's going to guy who's going to be an NFL backup. I don't think I'm looking mm-hmm. at Jay Jai in that sort of role. Maybe I mm-hmm. started with T.J. Yeldon, and you 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 think mm-hmm. more of Yeldon than I do.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Yeldon is. Uh, I don't see him as a starting uh, running back uh, in the NFL. I mean, I see him as a nice.
2: But he could if if somebody yeah. were to go down.
3: Yes, yes, yeah, and that's that 's the type of guy i 'm yeah.
2: talking about mm-hmm. now another name another name that 's out there is Latavius Murray, uh, we mentioned Mike Davis. Uh, I like what we saw of Murray at times where, You know, when he got a chance to start for Dalvin Cook. He had that mm-hmm. huge game against Arizona. Obviously, a lot of people do it against Arizona, but uh, I think Murray's a guy that, uh, along with Mike Davis, if a team is not going to want to invest a lot of money or doesn't have a lot of money to invest in a running back, I think Latavius Murray is another guy that they could take a crack on in the vein of Jay Ajayi. Murray's a big running back with some deceptive mm-hmm. speed, and we've Seen in the past, that he also runs well near the goal line. He's big and he's strong. I think uh, for some of these teams, if they're not looking for a total, uh, you know, a difference maker in the like the Le'Veon Bell, uh, Mark Ingram sort of mold, or uh, even even. Uh, Tevin Coleman, who I think is kind of overrated, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But Latavius Murray is a guy where, look, if the Buccaneers are not able to free up some cap room there and, uh, you know, they need to go after a running back, uh, you know, Latavius Murray is a guy that could fit.
3: Yeah. Uh, also, he's able to catch uh, some passes out of the backfield. Uh, caught 22 passes last season. Uh, like you said, Good job of finding the end zone. Uh, his last year with Oakland, twelve touchdowns. Last year uh, filling in for Cook, uh, did a good job, uh, six touchdowns as well. So, and he wants to be a starter though. So, uh, and and he's got uh, the, he's got six three two thirty big back. Yeah, he's twenty
2: eight years old, but not with a lot of wear and tear on his tires. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the Jets don't, if the Jets don't get Le'Veon Bell or Mark Ingram or somebody like that. Uh, I could see them. I, I could I could see that where they they kind of split the workload between McGuire and uh, Tevin Coleman. But I, I would I would think it'd be even better to split between say a McGuire and a Latavius Murray to have McGuire as that open field guy and you know Murray bagging on the inside.
3: Yeah, good one-two uh, combination. Uh, uh, McGuire uh, also another guy that could catch some passes out of the backfield as well. Uh, be a good combo. Green. Yeah, and uh, you know,
2: Washington doesn't have a whole lot of cap space, but they can't rely on Darius Geist to come back. There's been talks with Adrian Peterson. You know, could Latavius Murray end up in Washington? Washington's, uh, you know, they have that the, the, in terms of cap room, uh, they have the, they're not in the, they're not in the, uh, they're not in the th- 12th. When in terms of uh, when it go? You go. How do I I, I? I don't know why I'm stammering here. I don't even know how to say say this correctly. Uh, in terms of the teams that have the least cap, cap room, they're 12th, okay. so they need to free free up some more cap room. But it's going to be hard to do with Alex Smith on the books. Uh, you know, they may they may, need, may need a placeholder there because uh, they don't know what they're going to get from Darius Geis. So maybe Latavius Murray makes sense in Washington.
3: Yep. Uh, yeah, he, I believe uh, Murray uh, uh, would be a $5.2 million uh, cap hit. Uh you know, you, we mentioned uh, before Mike Davis might even be a better uh, fit for them when it comes to money-wise because I believe he's just a, a $1.2 million cap hit. So Redskins going to be a very interesting uh, organization to see what they do this offseason. You mentioned Alex Smith. Uh, there's a chance that uh, he's not going to be able to play uh, this season. Then you mentioned, uh, you know, they may need a, a placeholder at quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see the, the moves that they're going to make. This offseason.
2: With, with Mike Davis, look, I'm with you. I, I think he's a sleeper for 2018, but I don't know if any team's going to give him an outright starting job. I think, I think it's more a situation where he would have to come in and to compete for something, and then might be able to win it.
3: Yeah, uh, and you know what? I, I think he can, though. I, I tell you, like I said, I mean, I, you've seen him more than I have, right, as a, as a Seahawks fan. Uh, I mean when he's been asked to, to to play he's done a good job no i mean
2: yeah he has done a good job he uh, mm-hmm. he had he had a hundred he, he had a a hundred yard game i believe in week four uh right after that he went over a hundred yards combined from scrimmage every time that they had to press him into service he mm-hmm. uh P.C. showed that he could be a physical runner who could also catch passes out of the backfield. I think if mm-hmm. some team gives him an opportunity to play, he could be a respectable uh, starting running back for that squad or at least be a productive part of a timeshare.
3: Yeah, four and a half yards a carry, just 25 years old. Uh, I like him better as part of a timeshare, but uh, a guy that you, you, you mentioned that, uh, if need be, could take the ball and be the number one guy for you know two or three weeks. If need be.
2: Marshawn Lynch is a free agent. The Raiders are saying they don't know whether he's going to return or not. He's going to be 34 years old Uh, at this point in his career, really part of a timeshare more than anything else. I really don't always think uh, we have a read uh, on whether Lynch is going to return or not. But I think it might make more sense for the Raiders to go in a different direction here. Uh, There's been mentioned with all the cap space that they have, could they be a team that goes after Le'Veon Bell?
3: You know that's a, an interesting question and I wonder whether they would uh go after him uh, or maybe uh try to get someone a little younger uh but if they want to make a splash uh for when they go Boy
2: you're um, really hung up on this age thing aren't you?
3: I guess I am. I don't know. Uh, especially when it comes so How old uh, is Le'Veon Bell? No, he's only 25. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he's I I guess 25. You're right. I mean, yeah, uh, I guess they guess it would be a good move for them uh, trying to make a big splash when they uh, go to Vegas, right? They got one more year left. in They don't Oakland. even know
2: where they're going to play this year.
3: I know, I know. They were talking what San Fran, but now it looks like they're going to be back uh, in Oakland. Two
2: minutes. Yeah, the last report I saw is that they're going to they're going to try to play the uh, the San Francisco Giants Stadium.
3: mm mm-hmm. Well, I think they have a lot of money though, right? A lot of cap space, so they could afford to sign them.
2: No. Yeah, but uh, it it'd be very interesting. Like, how, how, who can the Raiders go after because they don't have anything there? They need a starting building block to really start that rebuild. Does Le'Veon Bell want to be part of a rebuild? Uh, I think he would want to go to a team like Houston, but like I've mentioned with the Jets, the Jets, I think, present the best opportunity for him because if he can come in and really take pressure off of Sam Darnold and turn that franchise around to the point where it's a contender for the first time in a very long time, you know, Le'Veon Bell could become a hero in New York City, could become an iconic figure, and there'd be even more money-making opportunities with him playing in this, that sort of market.
3: Yeah absolutely uh, you and I uh, living in the New York area we know uh, you know how a fan base could either love you or or hate you but if you uh, you know Deliver a title? Could you imagine uh, delivering a Super Bowl title being a big part of delivering a Super Bowl title uh, to the Jets, who haven't uh, probably not since 1969. I can't <laughs> envision it. I've never seen it
2: in my lifetime. It's hard for me to envision. But uh, if Le'Veon Bell were to come in there and you know make the Jets a Super Bowl contender, which uh, they haven't been in 50 years, the, the guy would would just be a, he would be a legend in New York City. In -hmm. terms of upside for him, both on and off the field, I think coming to the Jets makes the most sense for Le'Veon Bell. We'll talk some more NFL free agency offseason fantasy football next here on the Roto Experts of the Morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network 24-7 free fantasy sports. Back here on the Roto Experts in the morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scott Engel and Joe Galina will be joined by Davis Maddock of RotoExperts.com. Here in just a minute, we'll talk uh, some NFL draft prospects. Check out his uh, latest NFL draft prospects profile on uh, TJ Hawkinson right now on RotoExperts.com. But uh, a lot of of running back talk here uh, from us. In uh, in the last segment with with Le- with Levy on Bell doesn't seem like he's going to go to Indianapolis like he said he wanted to go to Indianapolis but why would they even need him when they have a combination of Marlon Mack and uh, and Naheem Hines I-, I know the Colts have the most salary cap room here but I think it's really going to go towards building their defense from what I've been reading.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that they uh, they they need Bell. I think that was just more, you know, him kind of self-promoting himself and kind of directing where he wanted to go. But uh they doesn't make sense. Uh, and I agree with you. I think they uh, uh, shoring up their defense should be their number one uh, priority this offseason.
2: Yeah, I think uh I I think uh, Houston would be a great landing spot. Now let's go to uh, Davis Maddock of RotoExperts.com. Davis, good morning. How are you? Hey,
1: doing good. Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Sure. Davis, uh, now over with me at RotoExperts.com, where we're doing NFL 365. Uh, days a year uh, by popular demand, and uh, Davis uh, launches draft coverage uh, this past week with a uh, prospect profile on D- T.J. Hawkinson of Iowa. Make sure you go check that out. Some great information, film breakdowns, etc. cetera. But uh, let's talk about the quarterback class first, Davis. Uh, a lot of people saying that this doesn't compare to last year's class, that uh, some of these guys wouldn't go nearly as early if they were in last year's class. And the Big name out there is Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I think Giant fans would love to see him drop to number six. But a lot of talk about a lot of teams jumping up, maybe uh, past the Giants to grab Dwayne Haskins. Uh, do, you, do you expect those teams to be very, very aggressive? Uh, what do you think are the best landing spots for him? And uh, how, do you think, how good do you think he'll be as a rookie in fantasy football?
1: I actually... I I have some reservations about Haskins in terms of uh, accuracy and ability to translate immediately to the NFL. You know, what they do at Iowa State really is more of a a college football offense it's a lot more under center Um, it's a lot of handing off it's a lot of uh, you know just a lot of kind of ground and pound and I actually think I don't like him as much as a prospect but I think Drew Locke is probably a little bit more NFL ready in terms of play calling and system but and, and Kyler Murray is my number one quarterback, and I, I think that if Kyler Murray really declares, yeah, I actually think Kyler, I actually think Kyler is going to go ahead of Joe Haskins. I think he
2: he might go in the really? top five. Yeah, I do. Wow, every every mock draft I I see it it's always Haskins first. I, I've, see, I've seen I've uh, seen. I've seen Kyler Murray anywhere from 13th, and I, I think it was Bucky Brooks of NFL.com actually had the Patriots trading up uh, to like 31st from 32nd to actually get Kyler Murray. I, I, I think you're the first person I've, I've actually read, and, but I'm sure you're not the only one that's actually ranked him that high or, or said more that I expected him to be the first quarterback off the board.
1: So the reason that I think the mock drafts all have him as the second or third quarterback right now is because there's still a little bit of concern that at some point he's going to choose to play baseball, and I think right. a little we get a little bit closer to the draft, beginning of April, I think he's either going to have to say publicly, "Look, I'm not going to do baseball; football is my thing," or the other way around, and that will either you know boost him up a little bit further or take him a little bit. You know, for like, it'll just take him out of the consideration if he's going to do baseball. But I think, I mean, Kyler was, I think any way you anyway, like it, he was a better player in college. He's a much better runner. He was a more accurate thrower. He actually had the best adjusted yards per attempt season of any quarterback in college football history this last year. Even better, even better than Baker was um, the year before. So I, I'm very high on Kyler.
3: Hey, Davis. Thanks for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, Joe here. Uh, We're talking uh, some quarterbacks that uh, could be drafted uh, this year. What do you think about Daniel Jones uh, from Duke University? He's a guy that uh, here and there you you hear him sneaking into mock drafts into the first round. Uh, Some some say he has some uh, good physical uh, attributes that uh, could transfer over into the NFL. Uh, What do you think about uh, Jones? And uh, he has a little bit of a connection to Eli Manning and, uh, you know, the uh david cutliff the duke head coach uh, helped develop both peyton and eli i mean you think that that could be a little connection there for the giants to uh look into drafting him
1: so i think that daniel jones is going to be like the uh the the quarterback that gets drafted in the first or second round that everyone had like a, a day three grade on he, he was not very good in college, he averaged 6.4 adjusted yards per attempt for his career. Uh, only threw 52 touchdowns on 700 or on 1,200 pass attempts rather. So I, I I'm just not big on Daniel Jones. I don't I don't I don't really see it with him. I, I think I'll probably have him when my rankings are all said and done. Probably around the fifth or sixth quarterback amongst this group of guys.
2: When you look at Kyler Murray, uh, one of the other concerns about him is his height. Uh, is that not a concern for you, and, and why? Uh, you know, we've all seen what Russell Wilson can do at the NFL level and Drew Brees, but this guy is shorter than both of them.
1: So actually, I think the height is a little concerning. Um, certainly, you want you know the taller a quarterback is, the more they're able to see. Uh, a lot of what NFL coaches are doing is getting guys on the move, getting them out of the pocket, and that's a lot what Lincoln Riley did with Kyler at Oklahoma. And so I'm not super concerned about the height for those reasons, but I'm more concerned about his weight because the reports are that he's anywhere between like 180 to 190, which is really small. If that was a if that was a running back, we'd be talking about you know a satellite back, a third down back, yeah. not a guy who should be taking hits. And so the, the the actual concern I have for Kyler is that if he goes to a team that's not quite prepared to protect him and use him in an offense in the right way, he's just going to take too many hits his rookie year, and it, it and his career might never even get started.
2: The fact that you have him ranked number one does that uh, despite those concerns. Does that speak to the the, the uh, rather the weakness of this quarterback class more than anything?
1: It does and also I'm a I'm a, a risk taker by nature and I think that the feeling of Kyler, if he stays healthy, maybe puts on five pounds, uh, you know, I think he clearly he looks like, you know, a version of Baker Mayfield or a version of Russell Wilson, a guy who can, you know, get out of the pocket, throw accurately at all sectors of the field, add some value with his legs. Like I I think that player is better than the best case scenario for Haskins or Drew Locke.
3: So, Davis, I know you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, but you kind of took a little break. I was hearing him from actively rooting for them this past season. Uh, Correct. What do, you th- yeah, what do you think about uh, Dak Prescott, uh, who could be a free agent at the start of uh, the 2020 season? Uh, you think that uh, he's done enough where uh, Cowboys should offer him a contract ex- extension? I mean, can, can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl uh, with Prescott on the center?
1: Yeah, I think they can. I don't really think much of Dallas' issues as a team centers around Dak at all. Pretty much every time that they ask him to throw the ball 40 times a game, he does relatively well with it, even though they run kind of this pretty archaic like 1998 uh, offense. So, yeah, I think they should pay him. I don't think they should really have any hesitation in hearing so He's been very good, well above expectations for his draft slot. The the big thing that they're going to regret is that they have a a starting quarterback paying a fourth-round rookie salary, and they weren't able to build a winning team around him.
2: Back to the uh, possible rookie quarterbacks. When I watch film on Drew Locke, uh, I really like what I see. Uh, he's not the most mobile quarterback, but he's not Eli Manning either. You know, he will break the pocket of throw on the move where he can. But I, I just love when he throws the deep ball. It's, it's, it's like a bullet, just like right into that type window. Right into the right into the window of the receiver hits him perfectly in stride. I know there's concerns about his decision making coming out of college, but when this kid gets time to throw, he just throws such a rocket of a deep ball that it's so much fun to watch. Uh, where are you on lock And uh, if Giant, if he's if somebody trades up to jump ahead of the Giants at number five, uh, Drew Locke uh, being their pen with Eli Manning, maybe as his tutor, would you like that situation?
1: I, I like Drew Locke. I probably like him more than most of the average like NFL draft community online, and, but probably a little bit less than NFL scouts do. Because Locke is the type of quarterback that uh, NFL scouts generally fall in love with. He's 6'4", 225, complete rocket arm. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that he does have a lot of really intriguing physical tools. My questions are more about the decision making, and uh, you know, like I, I'm actually kind of interested to see what his combine numbers are to see if maybe there's a little bit of athleticism there that was not tapped into by the Mizzou coaches.
3: All right. Uh, what about uh, any other quarterbacks that are uh, not getting an all love that uh, that we should be focusing on? Like, let's say a Will Greer. Uh, every once in a while you hear his name being brought up. Do you think that he's, his skills are transferable uh, to the NFL?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see, honestly, I don't see a huge difference between Will Greer and Drew Locke, other than that Greer, uh, he just does not quite have that, that insane cannon that, uh, that Drew Locke does, but they're similar size, played in very similar offenses in college, so No, but the question was Drew Locke for the fourth overall pick or Will Greer for the 140th pick. I I would actually probably take Greer for the the price differences. Uh, Tyree Jackson, the quarterback out of uh, Buffalo, is an interesting developmental guy for me. Like, he would be a day three quarterback that I would want any team that I rooted for to take. And uh, Gardner Minshew, the uh, Washington State quarterback, is another day three guy that I think – it's sort of interesting, but he really tanked his stock. He was horrible in the, the senior bowl.
2: Uh, DK Metcalf is uh, ranked by a lot of by a lot of draft people as the top guy coming out. When you look at him at 6'4 and 230, uh, there are a lot of teams that could use a big-type receiver like that with the unique skill set that he has. How high are you on DK Metcalf, and where do you see him going in this draft? So
1: I actually think in my – eventual rankings uh i right now i have him tentatively as my fourth guy but i think i might end up moving him i can't tell if i'll move him lower or higher based on the combine but he had no production in college I, I think he had 1300 total receiving yards in his entire career uh at Missouri or at ole miss so guys like that are just never going to rate particularly well for me, and I think you can get really similar value from someone like Inkeel Harry, the Arizona State guy, or even JJ uh, Arcega-Whiteside, the Stanford guy.
2: Yeah, because you look at Harry, you know, he's six four and two thirteen. So that that's a you know that, that that's another big receiver that that's in, uh, in that sort of mold. Uh, you also like Debo Samuel of South Carolina. Yes, yeah, I do.
1: And I think um, he is not going to test very well at the Combine. He is, uh, he's like a little big for, he's like a little, you know, kind of big and heavy for six feet tall. But uh, his college numbers just suggest that kind of no matter what team they're playing against, who his quarterback is, that he's able to produce and he's able to run routes well enough to get targets. And uh, at the price that he's probably going to cost, I think that uh, I think it it will make sense for a lot of teams to draft him. I think he could be a starting slot wide receiver like tomorrow.
3: Uh, take a look at a, a running back that's actually uh, on one of my dynasty teams, uh, Darryl Henderson from Memphis. Uh, Nineteen hundred nine rushing yards, uh, eight point two yard per carry for career. A guy that I don't see him going uh, in a lot of mock drafts in the first round. Do you like uh, Daryl Henderson? Yeah, he he. I think he's gonna be my top running back in this class when it's all
1: said and done. He averaged, um, you know, eight yards per carry for his entire college career, and he was getting two hundred carries a season. He he was on he was unreal in Memphis, and didn't even play at a Power Five school. But yeah, assuming he tests well at the combine, I I can't really see any reason that he would not be the best running back in this class. The the only other guy I think is close to him probably is David Montgomery.
2: You have a few teams uh, not in position to kind of draft the quarterback they want. Uh, Miami at 13 might get rid of Ryan Tannehill. Washington, with the obviously, with the Alex Smith situation. At number 15, there's reports that John Elway loves Drew, Do- Drew Locke and can trade up to get him. Uh, Who are you expecting to trade up, maybe, uh, and leap past the Giants? And, uh, you know, maybe to go after a Haskins, maybe to go after a Locke. You know, be, be bold and tell me who you think might trade up and, you know, who they might be trading up for.
1: Well, I don't think that the Dolphins or the Redskins will trade up just because they don't have a ton of incentive to try and win this next year. The Dolphins, they want to bottom out. And, uh, you know, Washington, they have, uh, you know, they have this Alex Smith quarterback uh, cap situation. So I think if you're, if you're looking at a team trading up, it seems like Denver is probably the most likely to be, uh, and, and they want Locke and not Haskins. So I kind of think, think the Giants are going to be able to get the quarterback they want.
2: You think Miami could sit at thirteen and just wait to see the falls who falls to them? But who falls to them? Because uh, you know they are going. They have a new coach here, and uh, you know maybe they're looking at a rebuild. It'll it'll start this year without being aggressive. You know maybe even Kyler Murray falls to them at thirteen.
1: Yeah, see that's the thing is I think if they fall if they fell in love with Kyler, then they would probably have to do something. They would probably have to you know, maybe move up into the top five. But if, if their eval is, you know, it doesn't matter who we get out of Daniel Jones, Kyler, Locke, uh, Haskett, or even Greer, then I think they're probably just going to stay put and take whoever falls.
2: All right, Davis Maddock of RotoExperts.com. Davis, thanks for spending us for time, time with us today. Uh, tell everybody about your, uh, your very popular and uh, rising podcast that uh, you can catch on the Fantasy Sports Network On Demand.
1: Yeah, everyone, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Davis Read my content at rotoexperts.com and listen to my weekly podcast called The Tate Cast, where we have guests on from all over the sports and uh, internet world to talk about life and sports and analytics and all other kinds of cool stuff.
2: All right, Davis Maddock, my new partner at rotoexperts.com. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. All right. Coming up next... More football talk at 1020 a.m. Eastern, Todd Zoller of Mastersball.com will talk fantasy baseball.